Blog Talk Radio. Some of the stuff going on on YouTube, 
YouTube has been a crazy <laughs> place to watch. I mean, some of the bloggers and stuff like that. Oh my God, there! Everybody fighting with each other. It's it's wild. It's it's wild on those YouTube streets. Okay, it's a wild wild west up there. All right, but um, yeah. So I feel like I need to take a little break, replenish. You guys have archive shows. You'll be good. Um, and. You know, just really, I mean, you know, like, start to, you know how I start to feel my way a little bit into 2023. 2000, I'm trying to, you know, feel out the energy of 2023, okay? So, yeah, that's it. All right, so, and you know what? It's like sometimes, you know, you need to be taking a break from different things. Like some of y'all, you know, some of y'all may need to, that's just encouragement for y'all. This is just cyborg. Sometimes you just need to take a break, like, you know, from things that you're doing, uh, maybe if you're even, sometimes even on social media too much, sometimes you just need to be like, pull back, you know, sometimes you do, okay? All right, so just a little thing to drop there. All right, so let's just go right into love after lockup, okay? Child, I saw last night the episode. Now, let me just say this. The chase with Monique, I am, here is the thing. Mo, uh, uh, he, he, I forget the guy's name. What's the dude with Monique's name? Oh, my God. But he said Derek. Derek immediately said he knew who it was. He knew who it was when a person pulled up and got out the car. But he did not tell Monique. And Monique. Is for some reason it's something he's hiding. So Monique is out in these streets, thinking, you know, she the only one. I don't think that's good. Right? That's that's happening. I think Derek has a little bit has some secrets. So it's going to be interesting to see how that's uh, going to play out. But it's interesting that he said, because she was in there, you know, she, he he had the producers, everybody in a panic about that chase. But Derek said he's fully aware of who that was. So that is interesting to me, that he knew who it was. So I'm going to I'm try to pull up a little bit of the car chase so y'all can hear it. Let me see, do I have it um, up? But I thought... If you knew who it was, it's kind of uh, kind of messed up that you had her um, her going. You had her nervous about it. So let's take a listen to a little bit of the car chase with Monique and Derek from Love After Lockup from this past uh, week. So check this out. Right, that's what I'm saying. That, that, that thing was so tinted. 
I have no idea who it could be. I can only assume it's Derek's sisters. We're not trying to stop. Chasing us, wanting to with us. They're trying to get around us. Okay. Make a light, make a light, make a light, make a light. 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 I do not feel comfortable driving like this. People in there, I don't know if they got guns. You got constitutional carry. Anybody can carry a gun and stand your ground. I don't know if they trying to get me. I don't know if they trying to get Monique. I don't know what's going on. Well, come to find out, Derek is lying, okay, when he says he doesn't uh, uh, know who is in that car. Derek says in this episode he knew exactly who it was from the moment they pulled up. Now, uh, I don't know why he he act like he did not know in the car. He act like he didn't know who it was, but he but he says on this one that he knows. Okay, so let me see if I can pull up that one. Um, Derek, we'll see see if we can pull up with Derek knowing. Um, but it's interested in his confessional. He claims that he did know. And it's kind of messed up because he had everybody scared. Uh, uh, he had everybody in the car scared, especially Monique. And he, he claimed, I, I believe it's one of Derek's, the girls, uh, Derek is messing, I think it's somebody Derek's messing with. So I think that Derek, um, I think um, Derek knew exactly. I mean, Derek. Derek doesn't. Whatever the situation is, <clears throat> Derek doesn't want to get busted. Okay. Crazy. All right. So Monique and uh, uh, okay. This is. Wait a minute. So so people are saying there. There's so much to this story between about Derek. So. I'm, I'm, I have to get more on the story about Derek, but listen, that is that that was a crazy thing that happened between Monique and Derek this week. Derek was trying to get out of, you know, he was well. Derek was trying to get, um, he was trying to get out of the, you know, get out and about by himself. But Monique wants to follow him everywhere, and poor Derek, he got out of prison. But he got on only to enter into Monique's prison. <laughs> oh, it's a sort of tangle web we weave, man. So Derek, so Derek, Monique is just she just does not want Derek to go out of her sight. So that is it's it's pretty funny, okay? So the next couple I want to talk about is Skylar and Nathan. Now. <clears throat> I personally think Nathan is kind of crazy. Nathan reminds me of like a Pisces Scorpio mix or something. Like he looks like a Pisces on the surface, but he has some 
and he has some Scorpio look. He sounds, I mean, I don't know. He feels crazy. <laughs> I mean, there's, he has moves. He starts off as this. He seems so sweet. Like, he seems like this. And then, like, the longer that you see him on screen, the more you know he's a nut. Like, the more you know he's kind of off. All right, I mean, and, and, and that's not, it's just, it's just, it is what it is, okay? So, um, let's, Derek and Nathan go out to dinner this week, and Derek is trying to, uh, cause himself trying to, uh, engage Skylar, get engaged to Skylar. He wants to ask Skylar to marry him, Skylar to marry him. I don't think that's going to go well, okay? So, check this out.
Skyler. Let's. I'm trying to have a nice evening along. Let's put away our phones. Let's talk to each other. Instead, he looks at her and says, "He's he's passive aggressive." He says, "Babe, my food's getting cold. Like 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 you gotta stop eating while she check her phone." <laughs> I mean, it's crazy stuff like that that make Nathan different. Where you kind of looking at him like like he's not having the response that most guys would say, "Yo." Can you can we put away the phones and just be you know like together? But not Nathan. Nathan goes into something else. Like I can't. Uh, he goes to something weird. Like hey, I can't eat my food. My food's getting cold. Instead of just asking her what he wants from her, he he diverts to something stupid. Like so she's like, well you can eat. She's like, you can eat. And then he expects somebody to mind read him, so he gets pissed or whatever, and then he snatches the phone out of her hand. Well, this completely escalates, okay? He's acting a fool at the restaurant. He gets up. He walks out. Uh, somebody else who knows her comes over and brings her a drink. It, it's, 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 it me. And then he comes back, and he's like, yeah, I could have kicked that guy's ass. I mean, Nathan is out of fucking control. And part of the reason I think Nathan's out of control because he's dating this girl who he knows is out of his league. <sighs> yes, Nathan, she is out of your league. Skylar is out of your league. This is what Skylar is. Skylar comes from a well-to-do family. When the when it first comes on the screen, you know, she's one of those girls who got out there, who probably was bored in her suburban settings and decided that she was going to be a wild child, okay? And wild childing got her in jail. And you can see when she comes, you know, her parent, her mom, and her brother comes to see, get her. Her mom is not <clears throat> very fond of Nathan because the last time Nathan's part of the reason why she went back to jail, okay? So, and Nathan's a former drug user like this young lady. So she's scared of them coming together like, oh, God, what's going to happen between these two? Can they handle being in a relationship, right? Great point. Okay, so, but Nathan also has to contend with, this is a girl who's used to certain types of settings. Even though she's kind of fucked her life up by, you know, a little bit by drink, you know, drugging and all that stuff, she's trying to get back on point. But here's the thing. Nathan, you are catching her at a bad time. Instead of being her friend and be patient, you're coming in like a dude who's kind of predatory. You know, you're coming in at her when she's coming out of prison. Instead of saying, hey, I'm going to encourage her, I'm going to be her friend, encourage her to get back on her feet while I get back on my feet and try to get myself together and understand my new life out here. I still love her. I still like to be with her. But I want to encourage her and help her in doing her best. But instead, he's trying to go right in on her, have her live with him, uh, trying to marry her, all these things. While she's not in a – she just got out of jail. She just came out the jail. And she's used to a privileged lifestyle, which you don't have the money to fund for her. That's why she's kind of like – a little not as, you know, um, I don't know the word not as, like she she doesn't take things as deeply as he does, okay? So, uh, I mean, even how she was hanging out with one of her friends from the halfway house, I mean, it's, 
to me, instead of waiting and letting her get healthy in her mind, it seems like you're trying to catch her in a bad spot so that you know that she's more likely to not see you really correctly and she's more likely to maybe marry you and make a mistake, okay, or date you, dating you and live with you and make a mistake. You need to wait till this girl is healthy in her mind, okay, and you're healthy in your mind. Right, so and this, so this is what a lot of people will do. And Nathan's the type of guy who will do everything for this girl right here, knowing that if she ever gets well in her head, he might have to have some competition. Nathan doesn't like fucking competition. Nathan is kind of, even though Nathan's good looking, Nathan's a handsome guy. Nathan has what I feel like is a little bit of low self esteem. So he doesn't want to compete out there because she, once she gets herself together and she's looking good and everything, the world is going to change, okay? And Nathan is scared of that world. You get, you get what I'm saying? It's like, it, it, it's, it's facts. It really, I mean, people don't realize this, is men, this happens with men or women, okay? With, it, 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 She's going to get. She's going to remember who she is if she does. I mean, or if she's going to end up back up in jail again. But if she ever remembers who she is, that she's a girl from a well-to-do lifestyle, got it going on, all that stuff, you're going to look a little different to her. Unless you start to do things to make yourself healthy too. But Nathan likes her being in this state because he gets benefit from it. He gets to talk to her and not change. He gets to talk to her without competition. He gets to fuck around with her because she's right now she's in a bad state. He, so he he knows this. So he gets to see this, and he's the type of dude who will make if she decides when she blow if she gets her mind together and stuff, and she says, mm, Nathan, you might not you're not what I want. He's the type of dude who will be on these man spirit shows talking about, yo, she just left me, she left me because he didn't want to grow. He didn't want to do what was right. He would be all here like, yeah, she just, you know, because he depended on her to stay in that state. And that's not really originally what she is, right? So he's dependent on uh, on Skylar to remain fucked up. These are, these are life lessons that be going on on Love After Lockup. That's why I love Love After Lockup. <laughs> he's, he's depending on her to stay uh, like kind of like that borderline drug addict, don't really realize who she is, kind of edgy and all this stuff. But if Skylar ever grows up, that's going to be a problem for Nathan because Nathan doesn't really want to do doesn't want to do the work to be with a guy girl like her. And right now she's being lazy and not doing the work to be her. It's crazy. And so it's but so she's kind of flipping out now because she's realizing, what oh what did I get myself into? He's a little nuts. Okay, so very interesting. Okay, very interesting on this. Now my next couple I got to talk about, and I forget their name. Oh my god, this dude. What's his name? Um, it is Aries, 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 and Cameron. Okay, okay. so he's a rapper. Oh, God. Listen, I'm not against 
people living their dreams. I, I really want you to live your dream. I like entertainment. I love entertainment. I think entertainment uh, 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 and creative arts are some of the dopest things that you can engage in, right? But it's a lot of mother mofos, right, that, like, they need a skill. Like, they, they, like maybe while you working on your rap album, Maybe you could be taking a plumbing class, especially for men. It's really important for men to have a skill. You know what I'm saying? Women, too, but it's very important. Men really need that to feel manly. Like, hey, I think Cameron needs some sort of skill set and everything, but he's going right to the studio to rap. And, you know, the world of entertainment has made anybody feel today like you can be a fucking star. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, let's listen to some of the rappers on here. And see, on the, a lot of times people look at the – Scream, and they go, I want to be a rapper because it looks like it's all great. But what you find out is sometimes it's other things funding these guys' lifestyle and not the right rap career. But we'll get into that a little later on in the show when I talk about what recently happened with this uh, YSL uh, gang stuff or whatever. (laughs) It's crazy what somebody just did in court, okay? So we'll talk about that a little later. However, Cameron's out here coming out of Fresh Out of Jail Heads to the studio with Aries and, uh, you know, kind of introducing her uh, to his little lifestyle, okay? Uh, but she's kind of worried about, you know, him being around certain influences. Trust me, Aries, he doesn't need a bad influence. He's crazy enough on his own. You can already see that about camera. <laughs> and here's the interesting thing. Aries has a daughter, okay? And Aries is just now, she's going to get married to Cameron in a day and has not introduced him to her child. My God. I'm going to talk about that, too, because after I play this clip. Because women, you do this all the time. A lot of women, not all women, but a lot of y'all. You don't think about your children and you introduce them, you introduce fucking strangers into their life, in their house. It's like you don't, you don't understand that you have a kid now, heifer. You, it ain't just about you. It's about you and your child. It ain't just about I want some penis tonight. I want some dick. It's not about that. It's about can you fit into my life? I have a child. I need to, to, to wait for a while and get to know you myself outside of prison. And see how you are before I bring you around my daughter. Okay? That's how a lot of shit happens. Not saying it's about Cameron, but I'm just talking about life. But I'm talk we're gonna talk about we're gonna, we're gonna talk about it in a minute. But listen meanwhile, here's a little clip from Love After Lock Up with Eris and Cameron. See y'all mind when he got picked up. <laughs> <laughs> I got away. They had to pay. I think yeah, like I'm running from him. He like, Your legs are too small. You're not fast enough. <laughs> the strap's not big enough. I ran track for five years. Like, it's not working for you. Yes, and I just hear it, like, bop. And they got one side of me and my whole left side locked up. So I smacked the ground super hard and went to sleep. And I just woke up with handcuffs on. They need me in the back real, real hard to wake me up. Even though, you know, I got a long life of thugging, this was my first time ever going to jail. Uh, just because I was being sloppy. I never even had a parking ticket before. This is all a lesson. This is all a lesson. Like I said, I could be dead. And happiness is my priority right now. 
when I was locked up, I wrote so much music. Like, I'm just ready to go crazy, you know? Hello, hello, hello. Check, check, check. How you love me, but you hate? How you love me, but you hate? Hey? Yeah. How you love me, but you hate me at the same time? I'm on parole, so I've been walking on a straight line. Diamonds in my watch, face on waste time. She asked me what my sign was. I said a gang sign. I was chilling. On the yard with my feet up. You ain't trapping. I expected him to do a great job, but man, he blew my mind. With your broke ass, but a white sheet and a toast tag. Let me hear that right quick. Right. I'm on the way. But I worry that Cameron might get caught up into doing stupid I don't want any bad influences around him. Cameron already up. If he were to mess up a third time, it would probably be grounds of him losing me. And he's not ready for that. Okay, Eris, I have a feeling that anything Cameron does would impress you, okay? Listen, here's the thing, okay? Yes, he's in the studio, and they, they pop in, they starting to pop alcohol. She's the only chick in there, by the way. And here's the thing. It's so weird, okay? You know, I'm a, sex, I like, I'm a sexy girl, okay? I like being sexy. I like having, you know, sexy things on. You know, I like being cute, okay? But, and Eris is pretty, but she's in this studio. I just, this is a sidebar. She's in this studio with a shirt on that has, like, breasts on it with all these men. And I'm like, bitch, bitch it's his friends. <laughs> Have something decent. <laughs> I don't know. It just tells me where her mindset is at, okay? So, and I'm not be. I know I always sound like, I be sometimes sounding on here like I'm judgy, and sometimes I am. But sometimes I'm trying to tell you girls some life lessons that I've just seen over the years or I've learned, okay? Because I'm older and I can, I can help. I'm trying to help. Older women helps me, okay? Listen, Cameron says, I've been thugging all my life. ain't never got caught. So that tells me he's a slickster. Because if you see him, you'd be like, damn, how you didn't get caught? <laughs> but here's the thing. She's, getting, she's worried more about him losing his grip as a person, but she's getting ready to marry him and bring him around her child as her stepfather. So, like, there's this clip of next week, and we're going to hear that, where he's like, you know, are you ready for me being yourself? I'm like, and the little girl's looking, the little girl got common sense. The little girl's, the kid, sometimes kids got more sense than these adults. Like, she's already been questioning shit, the little girl, okay? And I'm looking at her like, what are you doing? Like, give him a moment. This is this is this is a young a man you don't know very well. You think you know him well, but you don't. And you're bringing him in on your child. Oh my God! I once had a friend. I was I gave some advice to he he was dating this girl. Cyborg, he's dating this girl. And one of the things he would say, I just don't know. You know, I'm not sure about her and stuff like that. But one of the things I told him was, well, I would be very concerned about how she treats her child. That tells you a lot about her because she don't know you, but she got you up in the house with her baby, hanging out at night, and she don't know you. She don't know who you are. 
And you're like, damn. That's facts. What are you, you because it's, see, that tells, because if you, if you, you're not cognizant of that you're a parent now. And uh, listen, listen, I'm single moms. I know it's trial and error with y'all. I ain't trying. I get it. I got a lot of friends who've been single mothers, okay? I get it. And I know it's hard, and I know you make, sometimes some women make mistakes. I learned, she, I learned from my mistake. I learned this. I'm not trying to come hard on you, but I am trying to say to women that you have to be very careful. We are living in one of the most sexualized, um, decadent, even though it don't seem like a sexually decadent generation that ever was. And motherfuckers is out here and got sexual problems. I'm not saying this is Cameron and all this stuff, but a lot of people got, you know, messed up in their head and shit. And you got to be careful of who you expose your children to. I, it's just that you, that's your baby, your child. You can ruin your child's life by inviting the wrong motherfucker in. Right? I mean, a fact, you can. And there's too much information and shit out here for you not to know this, okay? Back in my grandma's in them days, they didn't know no better. But then now it's a lot of information out here for y'all to know better and do better. So when I see this situation, I'm seeing her already, she's already seeing he has control issues and stuff. And it's just the fact of him, of seeing her, it ain't got to be child molestation or anything like that. It could be just seeing him running in and out of her life. Has a has a if he if he has a problem with crime as a criminal, or all these things. These are all things that you as a woman should be looking at before you marry somebody. And and talking about well, I'm gonna introduce. So she has later on she has a talk with his sisters, and the sisters is even the sisters are, <laughs> the sisters got sick. So sisters like oh, so you Speedy Gonzalez, huh? You just. You ready to go and get married. You ain't even introduced it to your, your your baby yet. You just going to say, here's your stepdad, all this stuff. They was laughing and joking, but the sisters, the sisters was on point. They saw it right away. That's crazy. And if I'm Cameron, I'm looking at her side-eye, too, because the way you, you treat your child is everything. That tell, it should tell you a little bit about the person you're going to be, you're being with. If somebody doesn't teach, know how to treat their children or care for their children and understand that you're in a mommy space now and protect their kids with all they got as a man, you should be concerned about it if you're in a relationship with somebody like that. That's the beginning of telling you what kind of person they, that's the beginning. If they don't treat their kids with, like, you know, they don't put, they don't, they, their, their selfishness, you know, when you ain't got no kids, you can be selfish all day. But when you got a child, your 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 you have to expand outside of self. So that should tell you if they can't take care of their child, what kind of wife they gonna be? What kind of girlfriend they gonna be? Same thing with Cameron. Is he ready to be a stepdad? He in the studio popping bottles, drinking. He ain't thinking about nothing but rap. And you trying to marry him up. Crazy. <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. Never seen no shit like this. It's just nuts, okay? Um, next is 
Gabby and Chris. Oh, God. Okay. Chris finds out this week, Gabby and Chris, Lord, child, if, Lord, just, uh, oh, my God. I, I don't even know. I, they give me a headache, okay? Gabby is the, I'm trying to figure how they, Gabby is the chick that is the, uh, she's the, she's, I think she's uh, Indian or, or, or no, not Indian. And maybe from India, or her family's from India, or Pakistan. I can't, I can't remember. But Gabby is, um, uh, she's the one going with Chris, who got the hundred and fifty thousand dollars settlement. Okay, and Chris gives all his money away while he's in jail, mostly to her. <laughs> but now. Gabby does not have any money. Y'all heard what I said. Gabby doesn't have any of the money that Chris uh, that Chris uh, that Chris gave her, which was over sixty thousand dollars. Okay, so crazy. And I'm trying to find a clip of Gabby and Chris. Uh, but Gabby finds out this week, Gabby lets uh, Chris know a few of her own secrets, okay? Uh, Gabby, uh, let's see if we can find it here. Gabby goes to a criminal, uh, 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 Gabby talks to a criminal lawyer this week. Why is she talking to a criminal lawyer? Not for Chris, but for herself. So Chris comes outside. Here's the deal. Chris is wondering, well, we've been wondering since last week why Chris and her, why they walking. Okay? Why, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why is Chris walking when you just bought a BMW? And Chris comes outside. He's thinking his car's in the shop, but he sees his car. And he's like, what? He's about to walk somewhere or something like that. He's like, he, he calls Gabby and says, it's my car. Said, what are you doing? And she's like, uh, leave the car alone. Blah, 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 um, Chris like, nah, come down here. So she comes down, and she, she's like, I'm not going to talk about this on camera. I'm not going to talk about this on camera, okay? So come to find out her license is suspended, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Her license is suspended. But not only is her license suspended, this helper has is facing assault charges and a numerous amount of other charges. Okay, numerous. She could be looking up to five years in prison. Five years. I said that she herself is facing up to five years in prison. Gabby's crazy. (laughs) So it's a hot mess. Not only does he not have any money from the $150,000, he just married a girl who might be a felon. And guess what that means for Chris, who is a felon? 
Well, you might not have a place to stay because she might be going to jail, but not only that, she, you might can't stay nowhere near your wife because she's a felon. <laughs> this is the craziest shit I have ever <laughs> I've ever seen. I mean, Chris, can it get any worse for you? It does get worse, we find out, okay? I don't want to ruin it because some of y'all can go on YouTube and see it already that it gets worse for Gabby and Chris because already the mess has come out about him. But listen, this was a bad, bad, I'm just talking about bad situation. Bad from the get, I mean, just the whole thing. Just Poor guy, poor, poor Chris. I'm trying to find the clip so y'all can see what Chris finds out about his car. I mean, it is just, it's just sad. Let's see, do we got a little, do I got a little clip? Hold on, I don't think I got a little clip. Uh, and she's going to talk to the lawyer. Okay, so. I'm going to take a break, and I'm going to come back with Gabby. We're going to take a small break, music break, and then I'm going to come back. We're going to finish talking about Love After Lockup, wrap that up. We'll go into the news and everything. But y'all got to hear how Gabby is out in these streets. No, she got a um, a, um, a criminal, I mean, no, she got a criminal thing, but she's she she playing Chris right now, okay? So it's great. It's it's just so nutty, okay? So let's take a break, and I'll be back in a moment. Uh, let me see what we're going to start off with. Let's start off with Portrait. Here we go. It's the CC Show. I'll call out a talking love after lockup. Uh, I'll be back in a moment.
about to go to probation, right? Come here, give me all Chris, you're Chris. Oh, Chris is so not smart. You know what? She is going to be all right, Chris. Why? Maybe because she's got a little bit of the background for the, what's the problem? You said she, you know, she's Indian. She, or Pakistani, I can't remember what it is. She's got the protection, the complexion for the protection, but you are not going to be all right. I don't know what I'll do. Change your fucking life. Oh my God. It gets worse for Gabby. It gets worse. It gets worse. Let's hear about what Gabby's done. Okay. I have some um, some legal things that I would like to talk about. My suspended license, um, I'm curious to get that restored. And what was the reason for the suspension? Uh, speeding tickets that I didn't pay for. Okay. And I got caught driving with suspended license twice. Um, do you, when you were speeding, how, do you recall how fast you were going? Uh, 90. And what was the speed limit? Uh, 45. 90 to 45? <laughs> yeah. I assume you were speeding to the courthouse to pay a fine or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That's right. Um, all right, well, it's something we can handle. But um, you could be looking at some type of mandatory suspension. More importantly, if that happens, you cannot continue to drive on it. You cannot go triple the speed limit and get caught because you know where you're going to find yourself? In jail. Um, I actually have a criminal case. I was drunk, um, and it just... A whole bunch of stuff started spiraling, and it's like now I'm in uh, Superior Court. It's a criminal case. Um, wow. It's really serious. It's uh, several charges, and I'm looking at jail time. I was at a bar, and my cousin was really drunk, and me trying to play Captain Save the Cousin, um, me and a security guard, we got into it, and can't really go into full detail, but... I was charged with aggravated assault on an officer and terroristic threats. Basically ridiculous at this point. I guess they're trying to set an example out of me. Do you, are you aware, do you understand uh, what type of time you'd be facing in these types of cases? No. Fourth degree crimes in the state of New Jersey face up to 18 months. Third degree crimes you could face up to five years. Do you want to plead guilty? Oh my god. 
have a headache. I had a headache just listening to it. I was like, oh. I thought, you know what? It was, here's the thing. Chris was actually on the come up. Chris, Chris, you was actually on the come up. No, 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 no. You're like, Chris, no, how was Chris without the come up? He was at Rikers Island, and he, Chris, Chris's ass. He got beat down. Nobody wants to get beat down. But Chris's ass literally stumbled into a $150,000 settlement. But here comes this tornado named Gabby. Tornado. He's thinking he good because he, he's seeing her on the outside. And, you know, she got a little exotic look. He's thinking. He, 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 he ain't thinking. And he starts throwing money, the money that could have helped him. He starts throwing it at a tornado who's literally rolling it away in the wind. This bitch didn't even say she was getting all that money, and she didn't even save no money for her lawyer. Now, I don't believe that. You think I believe that she's spending her own money for that lawyer? Hell no. I think she got still some of your money. Chris, oh, God, I've never seen such dumb shit. <laughs> Oh, my God, why do I watch it? <laughs> oh, you guys got to see it. Love After Lockup, Friday nights. For those of you who are already watching it with me, y'all already know, okay? Love After Lockup, Friday night at 8 o'clock. Man, hot ass mess, okay? Now, oh, my goodness, that's all I'm going to talk about this week. Oh, shit. I mean, I'm bored out already, okay? Okay, so. Yes, yes, I have been watching Growing Up After Hip Hop. What is it, Growing Up Hip Hop? Growing Up Hip Hop, listen, I don't want to talk. They not, um, y'all want my honest assessment. I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to be talking about Growing Up After Hip Hop like I used to. They just not interesting enough for me. No offense. No, No offense. Everybody looks good on there, and they're doing great. I wish them luck, you know. But it's just, I'm just not, I don't know. I don't know. Egypt, Egypt, Egypt is pregnant. That's the most interesting thing on love. And what did, did I call it? Did I, did I call it? Did I call Egypt getting pregnant? And she's married, okay? So she done married Sam now. Help us, Lord. I, I, now, here's what I will say of this with love, I mean, with growing up hip-hop, looking at Egypt and Sam. Sam's countenance looks better. He looks like he's trying to grow up. But Sam is still facing jail time, okay? And I still think Sam is a bit of a scam. And I think it's just going to take Egypt years to find out. And it, hopefully she doesn't, hopefully if, if, you know, Sam either changes or whatever comes out for, about him comes out. But Egypt, I just realized, is one of those girls who's okay, who's content with the ship. With, with She's content with the Titanic. Like, she's content being on the Titanic. She understands. This is the Titanic and I love the Titanic, and I will go down on the Titanic, not in a boat. I won't try to get a boat. I won't try to get a, a thing. I will go down on the Titanic rapping and singing Sam songs. 
Well, Reverend is seeing the Titanic sons, okay? I mean, she, oh, my God. You know, it's just like some, I, I, I wish some women saw their worth because they'd be more choosier. When she gets older, she's going to be like, God, damn, what was I doing? Because Egypt is so beautiful. I'll be looking at Egypt. I'm like, Egypt is gorgeous. I mean, even, like, salt, salt, pepper and, and, and what's, 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 what's uh, Tretch named her perfectly. Oh, my God. She looks like like an, what I would expect an Egyptian princess to look like. I mean, just, just beautiful. But she doesn't understand something. I mean, she gets with Sam. Not that Sam isn't talented, but Sam is a lot. And I said, it's sad that she, you know, sometimes people have to go through shit together. And they might be one of those couples that just go through shit, shit like a long a shit storm and stay together for a hundred years. But they they shit been shitty. And so I know a lot of couples like that who brag and shit like they be they be bragging like they've been together. We've been together sixty years, and for sixty years y'all been in hell. <laughs> but they stay together because of the defiance of it all. That's maybe Egypt and Sam could end up being that way. But if he doesn't change, but for the most part, if he doesn't change, Egypt is going to find herself in a number of years going, if she doesn't drown in it, she's going to find herself like, what the hell? Like, when she, if she ever discovers her value, if she ever discovers her worth, Oh, she's going to run out of there faster than you could just say. I mean, she's going to. It's just going to. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's all I can say about growing up after hip-hop. The rest of it's not that interesting to me. I mean, who else is interesting on there? I don't I know. They said Master P, uh, Romeo's coming back. So that should be interesting to see him and Angela. An, uh, Angela, what? What's the guy? And Ron's daughter. Angela, uh, Angela, argue it out, okay? Here's the thing about Angela. Angela's now dating, what's the guy? Yo, Angela. Angela's dating the rapper, Yo Gotti, who's been after her for years. Call out of what you think about Angela dating yoga. I have not talked about it. I don't understand. My per- no offense to yoga, okay, but Angela. I mean, you know, you're the good girl normally, but see, see, Angela likes bad boys. I'm starting to see this. Angela likes bad boys, and now as she's getting older, is her space is is she becoming limited in the bad boys she's choosing? I don't know. Yo, Gotti, I just don't, Angela, why? It's starting to be a narrative about Angela to me. No, 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 no. Here's what I realize, okay? I'm going to just say the truth. I really think Angela's heart was on Bow Wow, but Bow Wow's heart's not there because Angela has a good girl vibe on her. And Bow Wow likes a lot of shit. You know, he's like, he's a, he's a, what is them Pisces? A tortured Pisces. A tortured, emotional-ass Pisces who's going to find out when he gets old. He's going to look around and be like, damn it, I should have killed my ass down. (laughs) 
I don't know what he's doing right now. Maybe he's doing that now. But, yeah. So, I, and he's going to, I don't know. He's, he might look back on Angela fine. But the thing about Angela right now is that her choices, I don't know if that guy is such a good choice for you. I mean, I don't know. He might be a great guy, but he does come with, it seems like, a lot of drama. I don't know if she's doing it for publicity. I don't know. But it's not an interesting enough storyline for me to continue with. I'm sorry. Sorry, y'all. What else is on there? Loving him. Growing up hip-hop, I'm done. I can't. Is there nobody else? There's a young lady who's JoJo's daughter. Okay, we'll talk about her for a second. JoJo's daughter, I forget her name. She's a beautiful girl. Her and her mom are beautiful, okay? Her mom was married to JoJo. Of, 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 she's getting ready to get divorced. She was married to JoJo of, uh, of, of Jodeci, okay? And she is at her wit's end. She's like, she done found, she's dating another rapper, one of the rappers from, what's it, the, uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony, okay? The mama is. The mama. This is the mama, okay? So the daughter's on there. The focus is on the daughter. The daughter's trying to be, I think, in music or rap and stuff like that. And, uh, I think it, I forget which one of them of uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony has been kind of mentoring her, but she doesn't know he's been dating her mom, okay? And she's upset because her mom and dad are on the verge of a divorce, but they're not divorced yet. And she's really hoping, even though she's a grown young lady, she's really hoping for her mom and dad to to stay together. You know, she's hoping some some shit happen. But what, it, what she don't, what I think she don't understand is her mom is fucking tired. You know, like she's been through the '90s with JoJo. Like, 90s and the 2000s. And she's like, fuck the early 2000s. She's like, I'm done. You know, like, jo- and JoJo now is at a point where he's older. He even got diet. He's allegedly, she said, the daughter said he had diabetes and shit like that. She's out here older but still looking good, still moving around. She like, I done put up with his shit. This is what I'm thinking. I'm just going to say, let me let me interpret I done put up with these bitches in the early 2000s. He was all my life and all that stuff. I done put up with the the the, the lifestyle, the, the drugs, the drinking. Fuck you and your diabetes. I'm out. I'm about to get me new dick. <laughs> you're not gonna con- you're not gonna continue to torture me with this shit. <laughs> and now she wants to go. And the daughter don't understand. The daughter don't understand that mama went through some shit, okay? And now mama just won't free. She don't want to stay for diabetes. And the recovery from all that fucking shit, partying and shit he was doing in the 90s and the 2000s when he had her ass at home crying and probably all this shit, she don't want to do it no more. She's like, I ain't staying for the aftermath. Bye, bitch. Okay? That's what it is. That's it. That's it. That's all I can tell y'all about Love Echo. I mean, I love after I go, growing up hip-hop. I'm done. <laughs> that's it. That's all I got to say. Those are the interesting ones. Oh, that's it. <laughs> oh, my God. This show. this show is a hot mess, okay? Y'all know who listened to it. I'm sorry. It is a hot mess, okay? Oh, my goodness. Moving on, Okay. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, 
saw this great quote. I was listening to one of my, um, y'all know I like Reader's Terror or something like that. And she, this particular person I was listening to this week, she talked about, she gave this great quote from Diana about strength, about recognizing your strength and stuff like that and how sometimes your strength in life can, how you how you carry yourself, if you, and I'm not talking about being intimidating just for being intimidating, but sometimes people are strong, strong people. Like they come across very strong, and that and your strength can sometimes intimidate people, or it can throw people back. And this is a particular uh, person I was listening to, Jess. I forget her name, Jess something on YouTube. She's really good. Like you know, she does tarot, but she's such. I mean, she's such a good motivator. I think I feel like she does more than. Uh, Carol, I feel like she's just a good, like she's good motivation, right? And so she said this wonderful thing about, she gave this quote about Diana, a quote that Diana had said. And I said, oh, i got to find that quote because I need to post that quote. And uh, I thought she was about strength. And so this is, you guys, it's a word this week, okay? Um, and your it's a word is, let me see here, Let me put, can I pull it up? Okay, it's a quote from Diane, Princess Diana, and it's it's about what it's a, it came. This is what it was. They said Princess Diana continued that the royal household viewed her as a threat of some kind. When asked why, she replied, "I think every strong woman woman in history has had to walk down a similar path. I think it's the strength that causes the confusion and fear. Why is she strong? Where does she get it from?" Where is she going to use it? Oh, when I heard that, I was like, oh, my God, oh, yes. People, that's powerful, because people will sometimes be intimidated by your strength, your show of strength. Not somebody, not being overconfident. I'm not talking about overconfidence or arrogance. I'm talking about strength. You don't have to be arrogant or overconfident. As a matter of fact, that shows weakness. But strength is when there's an inner knowing. You can have a quiet strength or a powerful strength, and sometimes that will cause people to fear you. They won't know where you're coming from. They're like, mm, what, what, something up with that? I don't know. Like it's like what Diana says that uh, it's causing that it can sometimes causes strength and confusion in other people, and they'll be thinking, why are you so strong? Where did she get it from? Where is she going to use that that strength, that power? Why do people question it and get confused and fear? Because most people in the world don't live in strength. They don't. Strength and power is sometimes unrecognizable to people because sometimes they live in a world of of arrogance, uh, of of, uh, overconfidence. Uh, They live in a world where it looks like strength, but it's not. You know what I'm saying? You get, you get what I'm saying? And so people can look at you when they see the real thing. They go, whoa, they're taking a back bite, and they don't know how to take you or how to move around you or how to uh, – they don't know what you are. And you will find people will be questioning who you are because of your quiet confidence and your quiet strength. And you know what? That's Okay. That's their problem, not yours. Your problem is always to remain, to keep powerful and strong 
and keep it rooted in love. Do you hear what I say? Stay powerful and strong, but keep it rooted in love because love will stop you from being overconfident, arrogant, all those things that are weaknesses. But true strength lies in love, right? And even ones with sometimes with true, when you have true, true strength, you can sometimes, because you're human, you can get into areas of arrogance or overconfidence and such stuff sometimes, but real strength will always check you. Real power will always check you and bring you back to your center, right? So that is, y'all, it's a word for this week, this wonderful quote by Diana. I loved it. Shout out to Jess uh, on YouTube who gave it, uh, Jess Pucker, I think it's Jess Pucker, I forget what her name is, but who who reminded me of it during her uh, her talk on, uh, so I thought it was really good, but it says, I see, yeah, I'm going to read it again, I think every strong woman in history has had to walk down a similar path. I think it's strength that causes the confusion and the fear. Why is she strong? Where does she get it from? Where is she going to use it? Some people are so scared of your power because they don't know who you are and what you come to do, especially if you're an atmosphere shaker. If they're scared, you might shake up their atmosphere. They're scared be, by being you, you change the atmosphere. And that's okay. That's, that's fire, okay? Being, you, you are a, be okay with being an atmosphere changer. Be okay with having a strength, Okay. Some people don't want some people don't want their atmosphere changing. That's okay. That means you don't need that's their problem. You don't need to be around them. You can move or you you take your atmosphere somewhere else. But when you when when people either people are gonna be intimidated and confused or something by you or else people are gonna take or are going to respect who you are, your strength and your power and they're gonna use it for good influence in their life, okay? So that's y'all it's a word this week, all right? All right, all right. <laughs> what else we get to out in these streets? Okay, let's see. Uh, what's next? What do we need to talk about? Okay, I saw this interesting thing. I want you guys to check it out. I, it's a show I listen to a lot on YouTube, TV, hip-hop. It's really good, great commentary about a lot of the political uh, things going on today. What I love about TV, hip-hop is that he is such a – He's a black man, he's Haitian background, Haitian background, but he has such a he is such an ally and has such love for black America, such respect for black America. And he always does these great uh commentaries about political the political atmosphere, political movements and stuff like that. Well, this week he did one about the movie Emancipation, okay, with Will Smith, okay? And a lot of y'all did miss it. We talked about it on this show, okay? But I talked about how that show, I, when I saw Emancipation, I was laughing because I was like, well, I mean, because he made, he made the, we talked about it on this show about how Peter, the character in Emancipation, was really actually named Gordon, and he was from New Orleans, but they from Louisiana. But they tried to make him like he was from Haiti, even though the Haitian Revolution had been done happened. It, it's all crazy, but TV Hip Hop talks about how this week, how, uh, let me see, pull it up, see if I can pull it up for y'all, for y'all. Uh, where is that? Uh, let's see. Uh, 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 uh. 
Can I find it? Yeah, he talks about uh, how he said Haiti's ambassador calls out Will Smith's movie Emancipation has fake history, and so he he reads this letter about the, where the ambassador talks about how the Haitian Revolution had been done happened, and how this person was probably there wasn't a character like this from Haiti. We already know that. We we could already tell the way Will Smith was talking. On on uh, uh, on his lives when people was asking why'd you choose that accent and all this stuff he he didn't act like he even knew what the fuck was going on. Here's the thing, and I'm gonna say this before I get into um, T T V uh, hip hop what he said, which I thought was on point about why they may have done this. But this is what I want to say to celebrities out there, Black American celebrities. You got black people in the grassroots right now. You got groups, and I know they don't all get along and stuff like that. I ain't my problem. But you got groups like ADOS, B1, uh, FBA, all these groups trying to ensure uh, the sustainability, the culture, and gatekeep the culture of black America, traditional black America, because globalism, because we have powers that be that are wanting to globalize Native black American culture has the black American culture all over the world where anybody can come into America and just attach on to our culture and, 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 and erase us. And this is no diss to my brothers and sisters in the diaspora. I love people. I love black people all over, okay? Black people, I love black people. But I got a special affinity for my people, and I don't want us to be erased. Because we did a lot of great shit, <laughs> right? I don't want us to be, and nobody in the diaspora should want us to be erased either. You should be loving on us as a when you if you if you a person of any other background in Black America when you come in. I mean, I love on all kind of people, whether you Jamaican, Haitian, whatever. Respect. You should have respect for me. Oh my, you should be like not trying to erase me, but you should be like, hey. Black America, this is great about them. This is this is this. Look at what Black America's done. But a lot of times we get a lot of hate from a lot of these people coming over. Not all, but a lot of y'all. Okay. Black celebrity, you got people. Black American celebrity, you got people down here trying to keep sustain the culture. While a lot of you MFs try to go with the with whatever the fuck these agendas are, that's gonna erase you. Right out of your your position, and you gonna do it to yourself because you don't get knowledge, you don't read up on these roles you're taking. You just want to check, you just want to Oscar, you just want all kind of shit, and you won't take accountability. You ain't some Will Smith. You not some new actor. You got you was making twenty million a film allegedly. You didn't have to take this shit like that. You would have been like, nah, this is an American story. This is an American, a black American slave. I am not going to do a story that, that that's not true. Now, I love what TV Hip Hop said. He said, hey, he thinks one of the reasons is because, he, because there's such an influx of immigrants coming in from all over the diaspora and that they want to make them feel comfortable by trying to attach them to black American stories, create a globalist 
a global uh, blackness, sense of blackness in America that is one culture that erases black, native black American culture. I will not be erased at the expense of others. Why do you, there is no, black American, there is no reason you should ever, ever let anybody erase you at the expense of others. Trust me, they gonna be raising, waving their flag. I see people right now with, with when I go on Twitter and all this, they be having Haitian flags in the comments. They be having the uh, uh, Eritrean, all kinds of Nigerian flag, all kinds of shit in first generation American. Okay, but yet people want to erase you, and that's not xenophobic to want to, to want to sustain your culture. You sustain your shit. We should be able to sustain ours. Our people went through too much in the United States to let people come over and erase us. I mean, no, 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 no. That's crazy. Crazy talk. And you black celebrities, you better get this. You better, you're going to erase yourself. And then when it's too late, you'll be begging grassroots to come and help you out. Well, they, we can't get no jobs in Hollywood. They don't give black Americans no job. All the work and shit you did will be erased. That doesn't mean you're not welcome into other groups and other cultures and other people, but you bet damn well better sustain your own and gatekeep your own culture and not let anybody erase you. But what we got is a lot of people in the upper echelons in black society. No, I'm going to call them out. A lot of people in the upper echelons and a lot of people in celebrity cultures who have low self-esteem. They got a problem with being descendants of slaves. I don't have a problem. The slaves were the, the, slaves were the, the most, the slaves' experience was a horrible experience. But those people were some of the most beautiful people. Because if they had not survived, you motherfuckers would not be up there getting the, getting the Oscar, getting the Grammys, none of that. But you try, constantly try to look for your image in somebody else except for the people whose blood is in the soil, who is the reason why you get to do what you get to do. So you want to be ashamed of them and wrap yourself in some other shit that you ain't. It's crazy. They crazy. That don't mean you can't trace your culture back. That don't mean you can't go over there and visit Ghana, whatever you want to do. But damn it, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm African. I'm American. We've been long disconnected from Africa a long time. As a matter of fact, Africans don't even call themselves Africans until they get over here. Most of them go by their tribes. And where they're from, it's over, I've said this all the time, there's over 50-some countries over there in Africa. We see Africa in the wrong way. Tanzania is different from Kenya. Kenya is different from Nigeria. We got to stop the bullshit. It's a safe country. are trying to, it's just bullshit. Stop it. Stop trying to erase yourself. Your people went through too much in America to erase yourself. Will Smith tried to erase 
blackness out of this emancipation movie. He tried to erase black America by putting a Haitian in there. And that wasn't even true. Gordon was from Louisiana. That's crazy. These celebrities, I'm telling you. And celebrities, not all of them, but a lot of them, you got to watch more than anybody, okay? But TD Hip Hop, you guys should listen to that. It's a really great commentary. It's Hades Ambassador calls out Will Smith's movie Emancipation is Fake History. Uh, the link, I put the link on the Carlisle Chatwood Facebook page, or you guys can go to YouTube and you can check it out. It's really, really good, okay? Um, let me see. There is something else I wanted to uh, talk about, too, since we're on that. West, Westmore? Okay, yes. Westmore sworn in making history has Maryland's first black governor. Now, this is from msn.com, okay? Um, let me check this out. Put this here. This morning I got up. Okay. It's from MSN. It says, with his hand on the Bible, once owned by abolitionist Frederick Douglass, listen, listen to what I'm getting, listen to this, listen to it. With his hand on a Bible, once owned by abolitionist Frederick Douglass, Westmore was sworn in Wednesday to become Maryland's first black governor and only the third elected in U.S. history. Moore, an Arthur combat veteran, a former chef of poverty fight non, uh, 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 chief of poverty fighting nonprofit, took the oath of office at the state house in Annapolis, just blocks away from the dock where Africans, listen again, where Africans were forced into the slave trade, arrived in America to be sold. Moore was introduced by Oprah Winfrey, who appeared to wipe tears from her eyes after the 19-gun salute that follows Moore swearing in to a crowd roughly 5,000 people gathered in front of of a building, historians say, was built with enslaved labor. In his inaugural address, Moore promised to address longstanding inequities in the state while growing the economy, blunting climate change and streaking violent crime. He called to end uh, disproportionate incarceration of black people. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for the honor you have bestowed upon me, Moore 45 said. We are blocks away from Annapolis docks where so many enslaved people arrived in this country against their will, Moore said. And we're standing in front of the Capitol building built by their hands. We have made uneven, unimaginable progress since then. Moore, okay, so let me stop to say this. Moore is Jamaican. Black people know black America, I want you to get this. Because we, we tend to think, oh, everybody black. We, they black. But he's, Jamaican, he's of Jamaican descent. He's the first Jamaican American to be, because we got to get this. Because this is, we have to understand how important lineage is into seeing our progress in America. Yvette Cornell and Antonio Moore and other, other people, even, you know, uh, uh, Jason talks about this. Everybody's been talking about it. It is important to see you, to understand how far you come. This is somebody not linked to the, he's linking himself to the slave trade because there's this, this, there's this push by higher-ups to erase black America and make black America some sort of global soup. 
been through too much to let that happen, okay? He is not linked to the slave trade. The slave, he is not a descendant of the slaves who came over, or who, or who built, whose who enslaved labor built that form he was on. He may be black, but he's from Jamaica. This is not the first black American, native black American, to sit on that platform. And that don't mean we can't celebrate him because he's the first Jamaican. No, but we need to understand it's different than us. But what they'll do is try to connect him to Frederick Douglass. They'll try to connect him to um, uh, um, uh, uh, the, the slaves who were sold. Yeah, his family was, was, was probably enslaved. But that was through Britain, much very different. Not the chattel slavery that went down in America. Are the hundred years of Jim Crow and segregation afterwards? We can't let you connect to that easily. That's our culture, and you can't erase us. I don't like it. I don't like anything sounding like it. Congratulations to him, but. I'll be damned if we start erasing ourselves. Because the first thing he going to do, the first thing they going to, when he go up on Jamaican TV, he's going to be like, oh, yes, I'm, my, I'm, 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 I'm an immigrant. I'm a first-generational American born from immigrants. Now, Oprah speaking, when Oprah speaks, I'm like, uh, even though I like some things spiritually Oprah says, but Oprah's a little shaky to me. She has not been, to me personally, that great a proponent of African-American males. I mean, she hasn't been that great a proponent to me of African-Americans. This is a chick who went over and I know it's missed to her. I know you you have the right to do whatever you want to with your money. But went over to into Africa to build schools because she said black American kids, basically I'm, I'm not going to say, this night, this is not literally her words, but it's kind of, black American kids were too materialistic. Hey, motherfuckers in Africa don't want iPads and iPhones and all that stuff, okay? She, she was full of shit. And we should have really got on her ass when she said that shit years ago, okay? So she is a proponent. She loves upping that class. She doesn't want to be wrapped in the blackness, even though she you would talk about the slave trade. She made beloved, all that stuff. She really doesn't want to be associated with that. She really wants to adopt it seems like to me a new form of blackness. Be connected with another form of blackness. She doesn't want to be connected with black America, it seems. Not a lot. Even though we support her ass. So we got to start paying attention to shit like this. I mean, that's from my perspective. Just my perspective. My opinion. We got to pay attention to that. So, of course, this is a woman who had who who didn't seen all the atrocities. Yeah, she gave money to Spelman and all this stuff. Yeah, of course. but she did not see the need to build relationships with black American girls who needed relationships. Instead, she takes her ass over there to Africa to try to build it. I mean, we we on some crazy stuff, okay? We really are. So 
I'm going to continue this conversation in just a minute. It's my break time. I think it's letting me know it's my break time. So I'm going to continue the conversation. I'm going to come back and talk about uh, Westmore, my thoughts more on that, and about black America stopping itself from being erased, okay? Because there's a lot of that trying to happen, all right? So meanwhile, uh, let's get into some music. Let's play. um... Okay. We'll play Ashante Moore, Sell On. It's the CC Show. I'll be back in a moment, y'all, okay?
Shante Moore, Miss Hill. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's Sail All, one of the best remakes ever of that song, okay? All right, it's the CC Show. I was talking about Westmore and his ascent into uh, governor, black governor, becoming uh, the third black governor. Black, uh, He's black, but he's not Native Black American. He is a, he would be Jamaican American. There's one other Jamaican American governor. So probably it's only been one black American governor. Why do we have to keep a hold of that? Because here's why it's important. It's important for a number of reasons. One, just because we don't want to have a racer of who our culture is and who black America is in the, in, in, in the diaspora and in America. Okay. Uh, but also, um, we need a measuring stick, you know, especially when we're asking for reparations as a group. Uh, black Americans have to be able to show what progress is, what things, what they have, what, how progress has been made in the years, in, in the time that we've been in America and we've created our culture and we've created, we, we, we helped to create the American culture. So it is important that by the only way we can do that is by lineage. Uh, if we have um, what's the girl Pierre who's over uh, who's, uh, the, who they said that she was the, she's the first black uh, 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 press secretary, well, she's literally the first Haitian black press secretary. She's not the first black American. So we have to see when we're looking when we're talking about it in terms of because the measuring stick usually is from slavery and Jim Crow to see if America has changed its, its positioning, right? And we know in America, America has a, is a thing, has a thing. Even as black Americans, it is a, not a secret among black Americans, and you can go to most black Americans who know that they will treat uh, people in the diaspora, white supremacy will treat you better. Because they feel sometimes you're softer, you're not as angry as black native black Americans. Even in that in the, in the book, uh, uh, the book from the British guy, the guy who's head of uh, British Vogue, he even talks about coming into um, coming from Africa, moving into um, into uh, Britain, in the UK, and he talks about how the Jamaicans who were under, enslaved in the in the area and stuff like that felt differently about them because they did not have the experience that they had on on the UK, in the UK, and on UK soil. So they can't relate. Just because they're black, they did not have the same experience as, as, as slaves. And the Jamaican culture is different from uh, a Nigerian or a Kenyan culture, okay? So uh, and, and it's the same thing in America, Okay. His experience is not the same as mine. I say what I say. Okay, I always say that. I say that. I mean, you know, you, you growing up in, a, in with, with five to six genera- generations of African Americans who lived here is different than somebody who is first generation Jamaican. First generation Haitian, first generation uh, 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 um, uh, um, uh, from Barbados, or from the Bahamas, 
our place like it's different. We're different. And I always explain this, and people get upset with me. People have gotten upset with me, but I say the reason you feel a kinship to our culture is because we we were globalized before anybody in the diaspora. Probably besides Jamaicans. Jamaicans probably were next. I would say Jamaican maybe probably was next with their music because of Bob Marley. But Black America, because Black Americans built a superpower in America, America has the big film industry. America has the big music industry. So our images were sold all across the world as Blackness. This is what Blackness looks like. Look at what these Black Americans, look at how cool they are. Look at this and that. And a lot of people from other cultures in the diaspora grew up like, oh, watching Black American TV, watching Black American culture, watching Black American things. And so when you come into America or if you're born into the atmosphere of America, right, you may have family, mom and dad with accents and stuff like that, but your experience, you're growing up kind of like a Black American, but you're not really growing up all the way as a Black American because you, you haven't had the generations of family and things that are from America, from the South or from the North or, you know, so you feel akin to the black American culture because maybe you don't know you're growing up in America. But we're essentially different. It is. Anybody who tries to act like it's not, it's crazy. I hate that. It feels like an erasure. It's insulting to me, actually. I actually just, I just actually find it disingenuous. Yes, we're all black people, but we we have different cultures and different things. I would never, ever try to erase Nigerians from somebody's culture, no matter how much they, you know, and, and that doesn't mean you can't love my culture and, be, and, 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 and praise my culture. But I wouldn't try to erase Nigerians. Why would you try to erase mine? Unless you have some sort of other, you know, dubious things going on. You're interested in my eraser, too. I said this this week about one of my, some of my artists I really like. And I said, I, I, I saw them do something. I was just like, really? It's ridiculous, you know. I thought to myself, you know, they have no concept of the culture. Like, they're, cause they're from a different background. And I was like, wow, you really have no concept culturally of black America. You just, you just sell your image to black America. You don't, you don't have any idea probably of them who black America, and it's a lot of artists coming up now and uh, you'll see art actors and stuff like that from the diaspora. And this is not to just people in that, because there's people through all throughout the diaspora who love and appreciate black American culture. But there are people sometimes who come over into the United States who love to diss black American culture, but yet attach onto it at the same time. And they wouldn't have anything to do with probably black American culture, but to sell themselves through it. And we got to start gatekeeping better. We got to start paying attention to that because we're going to erase ourselves right up. Cause this, I feel like it's such deception coming in against black America right now. And it's and and and, and always had we have always has Black America been fighting 
for our experience and our right to live and our right to be American. We, you know how long, like, you hear the stories of my great-grandfather. You hear the stories of uh, black Americans who've been on the stall forever. And you understand what what the fight is, and you just want to come and erase that? That's crazy. That's like crazy. That's like me going over to another country, another, like going over in Africa trying to erase Ghana, being, being Ghana, being Ghana, or trying to erase being Nigerian, or trying to erase being Kenyan, or trying to erase going to Jamaica, trying to erase being Jamaican, or going to Haiti and trying to erase being Haitian. That's crazy as fuck. You, that's the, that is mental illness. To hate us at the same time, because a lot of the, a lot of times you'll have people come over from the diaspora and their parents don't like black Americans, and they'll talk shit, and they group, and they think, oh, you know, they still hanging with them, but they got their parents shit in the back of their head, right? You know what I'm saying? And you will start to see that shit come out more as they grow up. And really, they don't like you. Not all the time, not all, I'm not talking about all people from the diaspora, but there's a lot of people. And they will, they, and, 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 and they will only use you to attach to the culture, culturally to the blackness, blackness to navigate, to be able to navigate American culture. But also be working on the side of white supremacy. <laughs> and also secretly hate you. It's crazy. It's, it's cra- white, suprem- white supremacy is brilliant. I'll tell you that. And it's, it, it constantly fights, but Black America constantly is being given, getting the fight more than anybody, more than anybody in the diaspora. I say what I say, I say what I say. Besides, maybe Haiti and, and next, but we ain't even got no country. They be trying to. I mean, we got a country. America is our country, but they be treating us like we ain't, and constantly trying to replace us. That's some real shit. At least y'all got an island. You got a country you can call to, okay? Black America, we here. This is it. So I didn't appreciate the West more and linking him to the slave trade and all that stuff as well. He has nothing to do with Black America, nothing. He's black, a black first, a black Jamaican first. Right? And they love that because they want to replace. They don't want. Black America, and the same thing with Black Caucus because now the Black Caucus, the Black Caucus has sold itself out. I don't even pay no attention to them no more. They've not only sold themselves out, but they sold their people out. So celebrity and politicians and stuff, they gonna be begging in a few years. Black America, we don't have any representation. We don't have any representation. When people been, t- it always is too late. They always find it out too late that they've been used. It's what it is. It is what it is. It's what it is. And sometimes, you know, Black America, you guys start seeing that too. They will use you up, use your sound, use your music, only give you no appreciation for music. I have seen Black people know it, and this is no diss to brothers and sisters in diaspora, because there's there's some Black brothers and sisters in diaspora who I say give love. And, and we give it right back and stuff like that. 
but there are some people over here right now who sing black American music and will try to act like they, they don't owe shit to black American culture. They'd be like, we all black. They'll try to start, we all black and, and stuff like that because they just don't want to give no love to the culture, that to the house they in. Like, it's like going to somebody's house and staying all day and getting, getting all day, eating all day food and shit and everything, and then walking out and, and, and acting like they, they ain't healthy. They ain't do nothing. Crazy. This kind of shit's going on. <laughs> it's just crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. And so there's this idea to lead, to 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 erase Black American culture, and there's nothing more American than Native Black culture, because Native Black people, more than anybody, have given to this land two hundred, almost two hundred and fifty years of work, free labor, torturous, then throw in a hundred other hundred years of Jim Crow and segregation and discrimination. Okay, we can't let anybody to uh, attach to that. And we need to start checking these black American celebrities who want to play games because for now they're getting payoffs. They are not thinking about the collector. Oh, it's okay for them to get they up. And I understand that because everybody got to feed their families. I understand a little bit need for individualism. But understand that individualism in a, has black people in America, it hurts because we, if we don't raise the group, you fucked up out here. You you is because the group is is uh, essentially what gives to black slips. And if you from another culture in America and you in the you in the celebrity world and everything like that, you better love black Americans. Okay, love love every time you can. You should be like loving on black Americans because it's forty million right now. Thirty forty million. We ain't we we dwindling, but it's a lot of us. And you need us to. You don't need us erased. That shit will only work for so long because there's people breaking up to that shit. There's people starting to pay attention now. Like, Wait a minute, they are trying to erase us. What the hell? And black Americans have known this for a long time. They just didn't know how to express it in an intellectual way. You know, I remember like my 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 family members coming here saying some sometimes like when I was young or something like, ah oh, yeah, they treat them Africans different. No offense to Africans, but they treat them different from us. Or they treat them Caribbean people just different. They treat them different from us. Y'all don't know that though. Sometimes y'all do. Yeah, a lot of y'all. Wait a minute. There's a lot of people in the diaspora who do know that, and who do know the division, the conquer and divide shit. But a lot of people get over here and they just want to be the pet of white supremacy. Let's see who can be the pet of white supremacy, you know. And they start telling themselves illusions. Oh, immigrants work harder. Black immigrants work hard. You and, 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 and your own country is a fucking mess. And you come over here trying to tell us how we ain't shit. It's crazy. It's some crazy shit that be going on. To my to my people who listen to this show, because I know I got people who listen to this show from the Caribbean everywhere. Listen, it be some sh- it be some shit. Some of these people from other people crazy places come over and do to Black America. It's crazy some of the shit you hear. Okay, 
There's no offense. And some of them, and no more, most of the people who's back in their homelands be knowing it. They tell you, they tell you, oh, they like, y'all get in the influx. Y'all sometimes get the influx of people who who are kind of shaky, soft. Y'all don't get the real, <laughs> real allies to y'all. And, of course, that's set up, okay? So, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that for a minute because I found that a little crazy to me. And it, it's, it's kind of crazy how the black political and elite class are not recognizing what's happening. Or they are recognizing, but they're hoping to get uh, 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 more people who will kiss ass to white supremacy like this and not fight it. Maybe that's it. <laughs> not saying that all people from the diaspora do it because they do not. We got great brothers like TV Hip Hop or whose family is he's from America, but his family's background is different. It's, it's Haitian. So you got people, that, you got a lot of black allies who who, who get it. You see that I can see it. But it's a lot of y'all don't, including it's a lot of black Americans who don't get it either, okay? So very interesting, uh, Westmore, and we'll see what he does. To me, he looks like Barack Obama 2.0. <sighs> Moving on. <laughs> I don't know if that's good. <laughs> Barack Obama 2.0. <laughs> Shit. Uh, and you have a lot of these bloggers and stuff like that, black blogs. You don't even understand how you, the shade room, places like that. There is not a place, no offense to shade room. I like the shade room. I, I, I like the, uh, I think Jason maybe, maybe, I don't know about the Jasmine brand, maybe Hollywood Unlocked. Uh, uh, Jason's probably uh, with the black only one on black American. Probably it's, it's a lot of our even Essence 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 magazine is now owned by a lot person from that's that was born in Liberia or who has a Liberian background. There's not a lot of Native Black American owned uh, media. Okay. What should we talk about next? Um, now I saw an interesting conversation from Joe Reagan this week. I thought, damn, I had always known it. But it was nothing like hearing this particular expert um breaking down what happened to um black American games. It's very interesting. So I'm going to try to play a little bit of it. Hmm. See if we can, so, so you guys can hear it. Just a little bit of it, but you guys will have to go to uh, Joe Reagan or uh, Joe Rogan's um, website to hear the rest of it. But it is such a deep thing. He talked about uh, this guy, Sinola, uh, talked, was on there talking about Sinaloa Cartel are the good guys. Did they eliminate the American gang problem? That's the name of it. It's Joe Rogan, Sinaloa. It was posted 11 days ago. Sinaloa cartel are the good guys. Did they eliminate American gang problem? So let me see if I can put that on so you guys can hear a little bit of the discussion they were having.
supported a lot of the African-American gangs. They took over drug smuggling and distribution from the drug war and about trade with Mexico. So what, what is, when you say that they've killed the gangs, like what, in what way? Because that is an interesting that was challenging every single one of them. Since our birth rate went down so far so fast, it's uh, American gangs. So they killed the people who were doing the killing. Not a lot of Americans got killed after that. All of the other cartels control the access points in the United States, but the Holisco New Generation now is challenging every single one of them, trying to break through. And if they do, and they bring their business acumen, if you will, north of the border, they're going to start killing white chicks named Sheila and Phoenix, and then we're going to have a very different conversation in this country about the drug war and about trade with Mexico. So what, what is, when you say that they've killed the gangs, like what, in what way? Because that is an interesting thing that you don't hear a lot about American gangs in well, that's because they're not there to the same degree. So the Sinaloa, they, they co-opted the Hispanic gangs, especially the Mexican gangs, because there wasn't a language barrier there. Uh, and they really targeted and gutted a lot of the African-American gangs. They took over drug smuggling and distribution from them to deny them income, and then they just shot a lot of people. And when did this take place? That happened during the, the 2000s. It was pretty much completed by the time we got to 2013. But we weren't really kind of this, – this narrative didn't really go around. This is not something that I've heard before. Oh, yeah, look at the murder. It's, it's making yeah. sense. Yeah, look, at the, look at the violent crime rates in the United States. They've been trending down really significantly since about 2004. So listen how America chooses to deal with its, with its problem of impoverishment of African-American people. Black of Native Black Americans, because gang problems was not gangs were started first of all because of racial issues that was happening. You hear most of the gangs were started in America because of racial uh, uh, things, and then they turned into criminal uh, uh, criminal outlets has impoverishment and more things hit the community. Okay, and because America chose not to deal with its um, it's slave. It's problem of slavery and, and and segregation and everything. So what they did. So what this guy is explaining on here, which you, I wish you got, got. Please go listen. Check it out on Joe Ro, Joe Rogan. Sinaloa cartel are the good guys. Did they eliminate the American gang problem? So and it wasn't just. I don't believe it was just the Spanish gang. Because when I was at the Clinton Library, I even saw something on. Uh, we talk about the Jama- the influx of the uh, uh, posse. Uh, the, I forget what they they call themselves the Jamaican gang that came in. I was so what basically how America it sounds like to me. This is just my opinion here, my opinion from what I'm hearing. How they dealt with their the, the problem of black people, the black on black crime situation they had in the '80s and stuff like that, and why it increased. Why crime increased? Why there were more murders happening than unsolved murders? What they what was happening was the cartels was coming. They used other groups. So basically, what we see, what you saw on Wakanda, remember the the the, the Mayans fighting against the uh, Wakanda? <laughs> that shit was happening in the real streets in the gang in the gang war. Basically, they used Hispanic cartel groups who are more uh, organized and everything and on some different shit. Okay, because listen, 
third world uses different shit. Even when you have, you talking about Haitian gangs and shooters and shit like that, that shit's different than black America does, deals with, okay? Because it's third world shit. It's, it's, it's really, no, it's, it's a little rougher. Jamaican gangs, Jamaican, whatever their posse, I forget that name. That shit is different than what we were like, okay? different shit because people be mixing in religion and shit, other shit with that shit and they make them crazy. Okay. So what they did is to de- eliminate, now they got a bigger problem. This is, just, we just, they, we think, this is what they get. So now they got crazier gangs coming on the, on the horizon. But to get rid of black American gangs, instead of dealing with the problems of, uh, of poverty, impoverishment that they created through the slave trade, and through discrimination and shit like that, they allow other groups, these other groups to come in and kill. You hear him? He said they gutted African-American gangs. That's why you see all the old men in gangs running around. It's some little y'all running around, running around, I see a side of my blood and crib, but ain't many. That's why you got Snoop's old ass on TV doing crip walks. And that shit's basically become a, a little bit of a, like a a, a a a a legend now. Them gangs have gutted you. Not that that you were good at they saying like the, but instead of addressing America, addressing this problem, they brought in other groups to kill off. <laughs> Stop! You got it. That was crazy. Even Joe Rogan was took in the back. He's like, wait a minute, explain what happened to the American gangs again. This shit is deep. That's why we can't afford no bullshit from celebrities and the bullshit they do. We really have to begin to start to gatekeep and all kind of stuff because we got it because we we are become they 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 are attacking us on every side. Not saying that gangs and shit is good, because gangs, I didn't like shit and selling drugs and all that stuff. But I, it, you could feel the atmosphere changing in the seven, in the late 70s, early 80s. Because a lot of that stuff, it was other influxes of things coming in. And people from other places. And they use the gut. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's crazy because... The, Snowfall, the story you see in on Snowfall from the eighties about a drug dealer from that in, from the eighties, and you see in the story because you know people, it's no secret that drug money was used to fund the Iran Contra affair. So black communities paid the ultimate price for the Iran Contra affair. So after these motherfuckers used you as drug dealers, then they killed you the fuck off. <laughs> and you and y'all are running down the street holding talking about this is our street with blue 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 hardware on and red on on don't own shit. They sending in cartels and other groups to kill you and gut you out. They used you and killed you. Damn. That's some cold shit. 
I never seen no cold shit. Let's cold. when I when I listened to it, I was like, "This some cold shit." I knew it, but it was nothing like him breaking it down. Cold shit. Check it out, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan, Sinola, Sinola, Sinaloa Cartel are the good guys. Did they eliminate the American gang problem? I think I put a link to it on the Carlisle Chatwood Facebook page, so you can hit the link and go listen to it. Deep conversation. I was like, wow. <laughs> When you hear shit like that, it's just wow. You're just like, what? Wow. Okay. All right. So let's talk about Davos. Okay, Davos. Now Davos, now y'all y'all know they're 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 commercializing themselves more, um, trying to show you guys more of what goes on at Davos. But this week I heard this great opinion I saw this great opinion piece out of um the Guardian, I want you guys to check it out. It's really good. It says, the worst thing about Davos, the masters of the universe think they are do-gooders, okay? It's by Hamilton Nolan, and he says, has there ever been a meeting that should have been an email so glaring as Davos? Each year, the world's master of, masters of politics and finance ride carbon spewing jets to the World Economic Forum in a lavish Swiss resort town, bristling with armed guards, where they opine somberly about solving poverty and climate change. The very act of attendance exposes all the subsequent dialogue as hypocrisy. The event serves primarily as a real point of unity for political right and left wing, both of whom agree that everyone there should be in jail. <laughs> if all of these professional decision makers were really good at decision making, they would place, they would replace the whole force with an edible quick chat with the annual quick chat. So then we'll carry on with global capitalism for another year. Agree, right, cheerio. <laughs> he says Davos, 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 and similar conclaves can only be understood as performances. They are the stage upon which the masters of the universe act out the dramatic narrative of their own lives. They are exercises in mutual self-affirmation. We're here and we're, we are important. What good is a powerful position without a rapt audience to listen to one's pronouncements? Anyone can be rich, but only a select few can be influencers. It is, it is this intoxicating allure of performative influence that lends Davos its underlining absurdity. There is nothing very remarkable about officials who control the world getting together in private to make self-serving decisions. They do that all the time. That's the job. The fatal flaw of the Davos crowd is that they are not satisfied simply with being in control of everything. They also want to be good or at least give the public impression of being good. Thus, the typical CEO of presidential interviews and panels of economic geopolitical predictions, the real things, are living with piles of other cultural and do-gooders content meant to convey the idea that at the center of this crowd of world of the world's most cutthroat plutocrat, plutocrat and cold-blooded status seekers lies a heart of gold. This is such a great set <laughs> of Davos. <laughs> It is an opinion piece in theguardian.com. Please read it. Go read it. It is the worst thing about Davos, the masters of the universe. Think they are do-gooders. <laughs> and this is by Hamilton Nolan. It is a great opinion piece, okay? I love the opinion piece. And he, he assessed it exactly right. 
I'm sure there are some people at Davos who want to do good and think they're doing good. But it is, it's like Al Gore was arguing this week about carbon, you know, like uh, crazy stuff. And here he's flying a private jet. I mean, it's just the craziest shit. It, there's such a level of hypocrisy. Like now they're trying to get rid of gas stoves everywhere. I mean, these motherfuckers are crazy, really. That's what they are. They got too much. They got too much money and probably too much fucking time on their hands. Okay, but 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 they have been given a chance to run around. And most Americans and most people around the world don't take the time to listen to these motherfuckers, so you can see where the world is going and you can see how crazy they are. But then somebody's taking the time to listen. <laughs> are they crazy? And if y'all really knew. Who running the world? Y'all be scared for the future. Scared. I mean, scared. We in the last days. Y'all just can pray. That's all y'all got to do. That's all we got to do is pray. Okay. Oh, it's the big weekend. Beehive, where you at? Oh my God. It's, is it is it close to time? Oh, I bet all the celebrities are in. Where's it? Dubai. Right, ready for Beyonce? Beyonce's performing tonight. I wonder did she really get the $24 million check. I think that's a little hype. I don't know. But uh, supposedly, they paid her $24 million, so they say. Sometimes you just may, may be half of that. Okay, but uh, according to this, this is according to TMZ.com, it says, Sounding A1 in Dubai, sound check, $24 million payout, can't hurt. It says, Beyonce has everyone's ears open in Dubai ahead of her $24 million gig this weekend, and that means some friends get got, some fans got a free show late at night. Now, she's only supposed to do an hour show, but it's celebrities. It's only invitation only, and uh, it's all kind of celebrities and the elite of the elite. Uh, at this show, okay, and I heard she invited a lot of, you know, probably friendly press and shit like that to come. I mean, they got, like, the rumor was, it's like, hey, Beyonce, why you didn't send me one? Like, you know, I would have gave an assessment of your shit. She's like, bitch, you ain't getting nothing. <laughs> but Beyonce, Beyonce, allegedly, Beyonce's people sent out invitations to certain press. Right, and you got to bring one guest, and they pay for it. I think the weekend to buy and shit like that. Woo! It pays to be Beyonce's friend for a minute, <laughs> right? So at little past midnight over there, this is social media users within earshot of Atlant- Atlantis, the Royal Resort, so I started documenting Beyonce's sons blaring out during her sound check. As you can see the videos, you don't have to be all that close to the hotel to hear her. Okay. So far, she blitzed through renditions of her solo hits, Naughty Girl, Halo, Spirit, and Freedom. Oh, she's going to get to do Naughty Girl? In addition to Crazy in Love and Drunk in Love, oh, she's going to get to do Drunk in Love, too. Oh, shit. What? Okay, okay, okay. She going to get to do, I got drunk, I got the one. Hold on, y'all. Trying to get my uh, thing. Hold on just a second. I think I got y'all. Let's see what I got going on here. Have a little technical difficulties. Okay, we got it going. Okay, I think we got it. Okay. Anyway, it says uh, "Crazy in Love" and "Drunk in Love." Her platinum collabs with her husband Jay Z. So she could. So it could be a good chance he'll pop out. People have already seen Jay Z uh, out there. Saturday's event will mark Beyonce's first length full concert in five years, and it's said to be the launching pad for her upcoming Renaissance tour. 
which has fans salivating and hunting down uh, sold-out tickets. Okay, have they started selling the tickets for Renaissance? I don't think so. It says the Dubai uh, Shindy is invite-only and is expected to bring out a swarm of A-listers at the resort, which reportedly includes 231 luxury apartments, 693 hotel rooms, and 102 suites. No word on behalf discount. <laughs> so, y'all, girl is performing this weekend, and then this is going to launch. She's finally going to come out. It's time and took her out from under. They done wind up her back of her back. She get on out there, <laughs> robot. <laughs> time to perform. <laughs> Did she go to talk? I mean, where you gonna say you're gonna talk? You're gonna talk. It's time, okay? I think so. I mean, is, it, is she getting ready to talk? Twenty-four million dollars for an hour? <laughs> I don't know if I believe that. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Oh, let's see. Okay, it says Dubai-based influencer Lamia Salami shares the agenda for Beyonce's concert at the Royal Reveal of Lancet. Uh, also it is not allowed for us to take pictures or videos. So okay, let's listen to her. Uh, Lamia, so, so I'm probably saying her name all wrong. Sly, Sly Mani, okay? Who is, she got She got an invitation. Okay, let's listen to her. Put a high. Don't say I ain't doing nothing for you, okay? Check it out. This is what I also received. It is not allowed for us to take pictures or videos. Because all of my friends and followers kept asking me for videos and pictures of tonight, but this is not allowed. Maybe there will be a chance for us to film. Fingers crossed that we can at least film one performance, but I think it's going to be such a special night. Maybe she's, she's doing a docuseries. I don't know. But this is what I also received. But fingers crossed, maybe we can film one performance. So I hate, let me just say this, and I hate, I hate no videos, no cameras performance. I understand it's at a big result, but Beyonce, I, I, I really think artists miss, for now Beyonce is working, but the truth of the matter is, I feel like she needs to get more realer than ever, like, because her shit, you know, it's like, the only thing that kept it real is the cuffing song, you know, the album ain't, you know, ain't been going, but people on there doing that cuffing thing, cuffing, shit, Beyonce, you ought to hire me, because I knew what was the hit right away. Anyway, but I really feel I would have told them absolutely not. You do not stop people from video. Why? Because you want it to be a motherfucking world event. You want a motherfucker to have their phones out like Like you shut down the internet. Yes, I know they're going to be getting out. It's going to be a camera coming out like little people – you know, this is all celebrities and A-listers and press. There ain't going to be no motherfuckers in there. Like, you know what I'm saying, regular too much. A couple of y'all going to get some tickets. But for the most part, it's going to be the highlight, the highlight people. Make yourself look normal. Don't take out some cameras. Don't don't just leave it for your docu. Beyonce, your docu-series is boring. It's, we don't need another Beyonce docu-series. We need another Beyonce docu-series like we need another Whitney Houston movie. Shit, no. Beyonce is one of the most boring people on the docuseries. 
If you seen one, you seen them all. I don't even say this about her. I would love to have one where she just real, okay? She tried to be real in one of them. It was just, it was just going all left. I see why she don't talk that much. I love for her to get real and have a fun when just like, when she be real? I don't know. She's a Scorpio moon. I, I don't know if it's so hard. She's so guarded, right? Might be more hard for her. I'm a Scorpio sun. I have Virgo moon. I have Libra stellium. You know, I talk a lot of shit, right? I'm like, I, I, my series will probably be different every time because, you know, I'm, I'm a, my emotions are, are not Scorpio. You know, they are somewhat, but they're not a lot. I don't try to be clothing myself. I'm kind of more illegal on that tip. I, I don't try to clothe myself in secrecy. Sometimes I do. I have, I have, I do have a lot of Scorpion traits, but not as bad probably as her. She's like, she's really like hiding. And, you know, maybe because she's, you know, they got to wind her up every now and then. I don't know. But she does not need another docu-series. Hopefully it's not for your docu-series. Bitch, you don't need another I just don't, I don't need it. I, I don't really need it. I mean, I, I've i been, you know, five years without an interview from Beyonce, and I'm like, okay. I mean, because you don't really need one. I think she even knows it. She even knows that she can't, it's something about her that can't let loose. Like the old Beyonce used to be when she was younger. I don't know if she can be that anymore. She's trying to be something else, some sort of mystique thing. I hope she understands what the price is for that, to to become unreal to people in the public eye, like to become, uh, Whitney Houston said it in the movie, in the, in the, uh, in, in, in the movie, uh, the character of Whitney Houston. Uh, hold on. Uh, um, uh, the Whitney Houston movie I saw a couple of weeks ago, she said, uh, she said something about people don't understand what 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 the cost is to sing with the gods. I was like, oof, 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 oof. Like, that was, that hit me. I was like, when you try to make yourself a a god, a demigod. I always believe that if you're a celebrity, you have to constantly dim your light, dim your not 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 shrink back. That's not what I'm saying. But dim the dim the the uh, I don't know if the right word is demagogue or or dim the god-like energy that comes to you, like where they try to make you a god because that you're a little g. And you can't handle the shine of a God. That's why fame can kill people because it's worship. So you out, if you get in that worship, you got to have something to put it back on. You got to have a spiritual base to throw it back on because you weren't created to be worshipped that hard. Like that shit can be mind blown, right? You ain't no God. You a little G. You made in the likeness and the image of God, but you ain't God. So you got to have... You, if you getting all that, ugh, that glory and stuff, you gotta have something to put it back on. So sometimes you got to, you ain't normal because you live in an unnormal atmosphere. But you do have to do some things to normalize yourself to let people know you're human. Because if you don't, it'll start to eat the fuck out of you. Start eating you up because you ain't oh God. 
start eating you up, tearing you up, tearing that ass up. Cause you'll start dreaming and stuff to deal with all that shit. You start uh, drugging or, or, or eating or whatever. Cause it's parent, the shit that the energies you can't handle all them energies coming at you, right? So you gotta have something to deal with it. So to me, the more that she just she tries to not normalize her ass, I, I feel like it's probably getting worse for her. I hope not. But I just see that she's con- that her people are constantly trying to make her something. Look at Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson literally became almost God. There's never been an entertainer like Michael Jackson. Only one, probably Elvis. And even Prince in his time wasn't that. The, the, Michael Jackson had most, people was making most like statues and stuff. I mean, it was crazy. Michael Jackson was, it was something way different. And you don't understand that if you're a kid born into, because you ain't never seen no shit. Like, like the world was a much larger place during the time of Michael Jackson. We had an internet. And Michael Jackson did this shit without an internet. He went world fucking wide. He had people out there like, hunt. it's some shit you've never seen. And he became strange because he was having an experience that was godlike, that he couldn't handle all that worship because he ain't no God, he's human. And his reaction to that shit was, I remember something, Al Sharpton said, one of the few things I can agree with Al Sharpton on, he said when he got up, he said, yo, he said, your father didn't have a, he was telling them, the kids at the Michael Jackson funeral, your father was strange because he had a strange ex- experience. And that's true for celebrities. When you a celebrity, you got to find some sense of showing people your humanity. Because people want to put you up there as a god. And that you ain't. And when you get tried to put in a guy, when you get become an idol, yeah, idols be getting cut down. Okay, idols be getting cut down. Read, you need to read. I love the story. It's this one of my favorite ministers from back in the day when I used to go to all the ministries with Brian Keith Williams. Brian Keith Williams, I still follow him on Facebook. I, you know, that man, powerful man of God. Okay, and I remember he gave this sermon. At a visa one year, how Dagon must fall. Oh my goodness. I can chat right now thinking about it. But he talked about idol worship and stuff like that. Oh my God. I mean, Brian Keith is layered, okay? But, but oh my God, it was so, listen, it was one of the dopest sermons. I can still remember it. But he talked about, you know, idols about how he, he told the story about it in the Bible. And nobody quite tells it to me, has told it the way he told this particular story about. Uh, I forget what part in the Bible it is about them coming in, them setting up idols in the temple, and they came in, and every every idol will fall. Every idol will fall like they end up bowed down and something like that. Nobody told it quite like uh, Brian Keith Williams, but he was explaining that every idol was falling in the face of God, like nothing could stand in the face of God. You can't stand in a God-like atmosphere. There's no way you can do it as a celebrity. I'm telling you, I got some people who listen to me, celebrities are going celebrity-like stuff. I ain't a big show, but I do got some people that do out in the streets. I guess, listen, okay? But let me tell you, you cannot sustain that level of worship from people. You better have something to put it back on. And you better have some sort of way of giving, your, showing your humanity. 
And that, to me, is something she's not, her people are not being good at with her. Tonight, you need people flicking lights and and everything. You don't need to be no mystery. You need to be having the phones up and people showing you. And it's great publicity. It gives you great publicity for your show and your launching pad for Renaissance. Shit. You need to be normalized. You need to normalize your ass. You ain't ready to be getting out here pretty soon. You're going to be walking around here having a strange experience like Michael did. And that's no diss to the Michael MJ fans. Y'all know I love y'all, but Michael was going through some shit because he was having a crazy-ass experience. He was having motherfuckers. It's wild to be looking out your window. You in a, you in, let's think about it. You in another country, and you look out your window, and thousands of fans is out there. <laughs> like, every move you make. Like, nobody quite does that like Michael Jackson. Nobody. A lot of this generation is fake shit going on, but Michael Jackson actually look out the window, and his motherfuckers stand out there. Ah! I mean, He's looking outside his house. This motherfucker's across the street camping out. I mean, it, it was no shit. I don't think no entertainer has ever had an experience like that. Except for probably Elvis or the Beatles. And the Beatles, they wasn't nobody. Because Michael, it came in the 80s. Nobody was quite like that. And I don't know if nobody ever will be again. Because y'all attention span, they made it quick, and y'all can't stay on nothing for long. Even Beyonce is kind of a little forcity, overhyped thing, okay? So very interesting, okay? It'd be interesting to see what her show is like, okay? But, I, you know, you need to cut that. Girl, let it be normal. Just let people read. Let, it should be a normal concert, too. Anyway, Young Miami this week. Oh, Young Miami. Carissa. <laughs> Carissa's out these streets, boy. That's that show. Let me just say this. Boy, she, that show, be, she be telling some shit, but I really love the show. Okay, I didn't get to see the full interview with her and Trina. It seems like it was really good, some of the parts I've seen, because I like Trina a lot. Trina seems always down to earth. She always has some down to earth things to say. I love what she's talking about with sex. She's talking about, there, there was something on uh, there with Young Miami. She had, a, she had her interview. She They talked about sex a lot, you know. And uh, she was saying how she doesn't like sex toys, which I thought was very fascinating. She said, and one of the reasons why is because can't no man compete, she said, with them little vibrators and stuff like that. Very deep what she said. I love what she said. <laughs> and you wouldn't think that for Trina because Trina's so sexy and sexual and stuff. But she, 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 it was deep. It was very wild. So I loved uh, the little bit I've heard so far, I'm going to try to go back and listen to the whole thing. But, yeah, uh, but my young Miami shocked a whole lot of people with her revelation about what she likes, you know, during the course of sexuality. Now, it's interesting, okay? <laughs> I mean, sexual, her sexual experience. Let's listen to young Miami talk about what she likes, okay? Hold on, Let's see if you can get it up. Okay. Hey. See if I can get it on here. Okay. 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 Okay.
Okay, I didn't got I, I gotta get you guys sound. Hold on, let me get the sound. Okay. Sound isn't right. Hold on. Thing trying to get the sound right so you guys can hear it. Okay, hopefully. So Trina's like, when a man pees on you, <laughs> and she's like, yes, I just did something to me. And uh, uh, she, you know, and so she had to take a shot because she likes golden showers. Uh, so basically she revealed that she likes men to piss on her. So immediately what started trending on Twitter was P. Diddy. <laughs> Find that shit sexy. <laughs> it 
Like young Miami said, it's just do something to you. And she said, y'all know I don't give a fuck. I think that was her answer. Now, we know you don't give a fuck. You don't care about nobody pissing on you. Like, I with her and Kevin Hunter, I love, I enjoyed their conversation. You know, I'm a, I'm a Scorpio, so I love that. I love sexual conversations. I like people talking about sex and, and their ideas of sex. I find sexuality fascinating and, 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 and sexy things and sex. Not, I just find it fascinating to talk. I like people hearing Dr. Ruth. I love uh, listening to people like, uh, what's her name? Uh, I forget her name. Uh, the, the, more, the, the girl who's doing sex therapy now on uh, her and her husband. I forget their names. I can't, I'm, I'm going blank. But I like listening to her. I love people who have open discussions about sexuality because I feel like sexuality is not only a physical act, but I feel like it's, it's so much attached spiritually to sex. And so I love when humans explore and talk about sexuality. You know, not always, I'm not talking about in a crass way, but when we, when we approach it in an intellectual way, uh, 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 what are people's different fetishes, all kinds of things. I, I, I think that's a, a, a kind of cool to have those discussions, not raunchy, you know, crazy discussions, but discussions that are, you know, real and, and and interesting and intriguing and listen i mean it's a lot of people who do enjoy that it's people who enjoy getting shit on i mean now i don't see the point but <laughs> I, I i i know when she this is crazy because she's going to have to live this she's going to have to people are going to always be i mean talking about the p people are going to always be saying Carisha likes to get pissed on. I mean, <laughs> young Miami. It's got to be a thing now. It's got to be forever in uh, internet uh, a legend, okay? Wow. Just interesting, okay? All right, so uh, let's see. Okay, let me go um, to the next story. Uh, Prince Harry this week, okay? Prince Harry uh a book came out, what's it called, Fair? Prince Harry's book? Okay, and Prince Harry, you know, is, um, okay, do I have it? Do I have a Prince Harry's book? Uh, let's see if we put it out here. Oh, Prince Harry was on one of the late night shows? Damn. Now, listen here, Prince Harry. I hope you and Megan are going tonight to the, see, you got, I would I'd consult them good, too. I said, no, but get out there and be at the Beyonce thing tonight. Y'all should take a selfie. Boom, 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 boom. All right. Now, that's when you should show out, okay? <laughs> you know, because I think they have to create some sort of, uh, of uh, a celebrityism here, but I wouldn't do it Megan's way. He needs to take the lead in that and do it from uh, um, um, and do it from a, a more royal way. Because I think Megan, I think in him are right, doing it wrong right now. But I think he needs to take the lead as a man, and he really needs to start to lead what uh, their this their uh, this publicity campaign is in this this move into American society is going to look like for him. Because in a sense, I do believe he's cut his family off, but I also believe that 
you're trying to go into your own and to create a space, a safe space for you and your wife or whatever. Uh, I don't think you can do it from her way, and I don't think you can do it from the way you've been doing it. But this is an article from Entertainment MSN. It says Prince Harry sat down for several explosive interviews ahead of the release of his memoir, Spare, which finally went on sale January 10th. On Sunday, his highly anticipated anticipated 90-minute talk with ITV and his tell-all with CBS 60 Minutes finally aired. On Monday, his chat with Good Morning, Morning America also went live. And on Tuesday, his appearance on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Prince William, Prince Kate, and Duchess Megan, when Duchess Megan joined the family. He also accused stepmother Queen Camilla of having an agenda to better her image and address his hope for his future relationship with the royals, okay? So, uh, listen, he talks about a lot of stuff. But I feel like he has to take the lead in this, but I really would let the book do its due. In some senses, I might approach the, 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 the things of the book, like sit down with somebody. Oh, my God, I'm trying to think of somebody dope he could sit down with, like a dope interviewer guy that, uh, like somebody, like, I would probably do, like, a meeting with other people, like an outside show, maybe with other people, with somebody like Michael Strahan or something like that, and do some town hall or something like that, uh, look very business astute, answer the questions in ways that could be lessons for other people, make connect to other people. I would be encouraging Megan to get therapy for her racial situation, get help, real, real help, real-ass help, because you – what you realize, what you what happened, what you hear is you married a white woman in a black body who thought she was white. She's got a lot of mental stuff, clarity to get done. So I would encourage her to get mental things, her mental things done. And I would pick out, listen, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm giving them some good advice here. Shit, I'm not being mean to them this week. I'm giving some good advice. I would pick out a place like the Essence Fest. And Megan, I wouldn't come with no bullshit about, like, trying to fake like I've been black all my life. I'd be honest and say, you know, I we didn't do the right. I didn't learn these things. I I didn't know anything about the culture. I, I shunned the culture. I tell the fucking truth. Store your image and really do what your mother was so good at, which is vulnerability. Not fake shit, not fake vulnerability, because what it looks like y'all doing now is fake vulnerability, because I don't believe Megan's vulnerable for a second. Uh, but really doing the gut work of changing your life and rooting your life in America, you're going beyond what your mother probably wished she could have done or could have lived to do. So I would love to see him get grounded really in the work of what this all means. Are you just telling, you know, your family gossip, be telling your family gossip, or are you going to use this to help others? You know, nobody can relate to the fucking warrior. Y'all different. But can, you can use lessons in it to help others or to, to have a different perspective or to get rooted and grounded in other things. That's the only thing I think is going to work for y'all when y'all get real with real vulnerability that Diana had. Diana had real vulnerability. Yeah, Diana was fucked up in some things. Yes, yes, yes. She was young when she got in that shit. She, 
You know, what she what was beautiful about Diana, Princess Diana, was that she was such a bone not only that she had an outer beauty, but that she was very vulnerable. Even in her mess, even in her shit, she seemed real to people. She had a, a she wasn't going around like this. She really people felt for her. Even though Diana was doing her own set of shit. But she she had a way of human ooh, bringing humanity to herself. And the only way this is going to work for Harry and Megan is to stop thinking you fucking royal. Let it go. Let that shit motherfucking go and become something different in America. Become really vulnerable and show, yes, you are royal. You are different. You're part of the royal family, but you're showing humanity. Otherwise, that shit ain't going to work. Y'all going to just look like y'all going around just gossiping and wishing y'all was back at the royal family, but they done kicked y'all ass out because they really, Megan's ass was, uh, was, was uh, don't know what she, you know, kind of crazy. You gotta, you gotta get real now. Especially here for him. I would say especially for him. Okay. So that would be my advice. I think that's some good ass advice. Get real. I would change their whole vibe. I'd be like, no, you really going to therapy. I tell her ass, no, you ain't going to fake like you going to therapy. You really going to therapy. You got some explaining. You got to get in good with your community again because your community going to be your help. I mean, you got to get in good with your community, period, because you ain't never been good with Really, and, and and do some do some. Don't come and show up at the estimate talking that same shit and all that. People people gonna read you. Black people gonna read you out. I don't know about her ass. You know, people gonna read you. They can tell. People are already doing information. So Harry, I think, has to take control of this. He has to look like the man of the thing in the building. I know that's hard with the Leo. She is. So calm her ass down. Get her some therapy and do what you gotta do. All right, so we get, man, I got to have a part two. Oh, this makes me mad. I got Alec Baldwin to talk about. I got the L.A. I didn't talk about YSL up here trying to pass drugs in court. Oh, you have to talk about that on the other show. The O.T. Smokey Robinson told that O.T. this week, and y'all acting like it's a new T. That shit's old. Everybody knows Diana Ross and Smokey Robinson and Barry Gordy was all going together. I mean, Diana Ross was one with the both of them. She and 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 I think they was both married. I mean, because Barry Gordy's wife wrote a book. His first wife, I think. It's some real shit. Check out it's definitely out here. There's a lot of books on Motown. Motown. That's why I say Dream Girls ain't shit. Barry, do a real movie about Motown. That's the shit. You know how Diana Ross passed that first child off as this white man's child for years, and it was very great child. Y'all, boy, y'all, listen here. Our Marvin Gaye stuff that was going on with Marvin and his, and, 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 and what's his name, sister? Uh, he was married to uh, Barry. She was married. He, he was married to Barry Gordy's sister. That marriage, and then you had uh, Tammy Terrell, David Ruffin beating her ass. You had uh. The temptation shit. Then you had uh, what else going on? Oh my God, you had so much shit going on in the in 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 in, in, in Motown. But it was a lot of shit in Motown. The Rick James, you. Oh my God, it was so much shit in Motown. My God, the real story of Motown is just so good. Damn, Dream Girls, tell me Motown. Ooh, that'll be a movie. Ooh, that'll be a movie. Barry, release that mute. Barry, you too old now. You might as well go and tell the story. Tell the mess. 
the Jacksons, ooh, when the Jacksons became up in there, oh, my God, all the mess that goes with that. Oh, there's so much good stuff for Motown. Ooh, if they ever tell the story of Motown. <laughs> oh, I'm here for it. I'm so here for it. All the scandals. That's a lot. How, how Diana left Barry, how Barry wouldn't marry Diana. Said she was too much like him. Ooh, allegedly. Ooh, there's so much mess in And she had to, and she left for went to CBS to get back in his ass. Ooh, my goodness, I got to it's too much good stuff. Barry, release the, the release the story. Let somebody tell it. Oh my God, all the shit that would come out of Motown. <laughs> It'd be great, great movie. That's OT though. Everybody knew that. Well, not all of y'all. The new millennials and stuff didn't know it. That's OT, OT y'all, OT. Barry ain't saying. I mean, uh, uh, Smokey ain't telling nothing new. Okay. What else? Man, we had talk. We didn't talk about Krishan being pregnant. I didn't just talk about Travis Kelsey's ass. What do I got moments? Okay, Travis. I think I might got a little bit moment. Oh my God, Stephen A. Talking about Rihanna. I got so much shit to talk about. I, listen, I, y'all know how I be. I be. I gotta have a part two. I just gotta have a part two. I'm gonna have to do a part two tomorrow. I maybe later on tonight or some shit. Huh. Okay. Travis Kelsey, this is my last story. The mom's being stingy with ex-girlfriend Kayla Nicole, okay? Don't buy into that shit. But I buy into it, Travis. I buy into it. He said a couple of things on here that made me think, mm, you might be a little cheap. Let me see, do we got it? Do I got it? Oh, my God, I don't know if I got it up. Okay, see, we may have to say that, too. Okay, this is, I may have to, I may have to say let me see if I got it. I don't know if I got the exact clip. What kind of TV is going to be Bachelor or are we talking Flavor Love? Let's say I regret it, but it was definitely a learning experience. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I may have to save Travis. But anyway, I'll talk about a little bit. I want to talk, because even talk about that reality show I told y'all I first saw him. And people thought, what reality show? I told y'all. He was on like a flavor of love type of reality show years ago. I told y'all you can learn a lot about Travis Kelsey Dash from that 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 place. It was funny because his wife, his family, he wasn't listen. He tried to pick out. He tried to have a little white girl. He picked it, but he just like you know, he like he got he like black women. Okay, his family's like, why don't you try something different? They, I, I mean, what they were trying to say is, why don't you go non-black? <laughs> I like what I like. But anyway, he says, Travis isn't buying into the rumors that he's cheap. The cheap uh, that he's cheap. This is according to NewYorkPost.com. The chief superstar tight end refuted reports that he and a longtime girlfriend, Kayla McCoe, said because he made her pay half of everything. He said, how crazy is that? The 33-year-old said on Pivot Podcast on Tuesday, don't buy into that shit. I would never say that I was supporting her. Kelsey told host Tanny Crowder, Fred Taylor, and Ryan Clark. She had a very financial stable life, and she was doing uh, – and what she was doing in her career. You got to be crazy if you think I'd ever helped or give her, uh, I, I, if you think I'd never helped or gave her a couple of dollars to grab, no, he said a couple of hundred dollars to grab some food or she gave me some money. We were in a relationship for five years. A hundred dollars here and a hundred dollars there wasn't even 
thought about, which is ridiculous. Now, the way tells me, this is my personal opinion, because dudes who, you know, who floss in me, like, yeah, nah, man, she, she was well taken. Listen, she my girl. Yeah, she could take care of herself, but she was well taken care of, okay? Like, you know, like, you know, she got all the gifts and whatever. He didn't do that. He was like, a few hundred dollars. He ain't here. When I heard that, I was like, you cheap motherfucker. You probably was making her pay for half of that. And Kelsey, I like, I mean, and Kayla Nicole, all I got to say is these rumors were true. Yes, he's saying they not. But if they were, I just want to tell you, you could have been on Diddy's roster. Allegedly, Diddy's over there paying people $250,000, giving two people $250,000 spending free. free. <laughs> Over there dealing with Kelsey, giving you a couple of hundred dollars here and there. Fuck. <laughs> listen, I, listen. I, y'all be thinking, listen, I be just trying, listen, our money is not everything in a relationship. Okay? It is not. But I want you chicks who are having uh, these Hollywood experiences to not be dumb, okay? There's something out there experience shit. Even if they out there, if they if they going on the trip, Hey, if you're going with some uh, R&B store or something, and he wants you to come, like, tonight, Beyonce, Beyonce's concert, he said, hey, I want you to come to Dubai. I got tickets for Dubai's concert. And he said, well, can you got your ticket to Dubai? Fuck you. No, I think you better have my money, Lenny. Like, Lenny, Lenny Kravitz. Lenny. <laughs> and Lenny, Lenny tonight said, hey, you want to come to Dubai with me? You know, I got, we, I got some, we want to see Beyonce. I bet, I bet. I bet I had a full ass Lenny experience. I bet Lenny, I bet you better be paying. Shit. If you end up paying half and you going over there with Lenny Kravitz, I suggest you stop the thing. <laughs> Shit, I'm old fashioned. I Girl, I think it's okay. That's a nice, he can afford that kind of date to buy the, hey, yo, like, you like, you go, I'm like, yeah, yeah. You better be, I better be taken care of. Okay? I'm oh Yeah. Yeah. Okay? And I don't mean you got to give out no coochie either. A lot of these men are so stupid. Think you got to give out coochie because you, cause you're going on a high-class date. Maybe if you leave me alone and you treat me right, then you get That makes sense. Right? Because that's a lot for women love to be, you know, winding on. I was like trying to do it. This is ridiculous. Okay? Some of the stupid shit. But anyway, we'll continue the Travis Kelsey talk. And all that on part two, because I got a whole lot more to talk about. We got to talk about Shakira, find out how her man cheated, all that. We got so much more. I hate that. I got to do a part two. I'm sorry, y'all. Don't be mad at me. I know there's a lot of subjects. I did not hit on. I will hit on them. I will do a part two. So remember, there's going to be shows back to back, okay? All right. Go, Chief. I'm out. Good luck to Beyonce tonight. I hope she has a great performance. I don't know what time it is over there in Dubai. Okay, but whatever. Hopefully she doesn't do it. Because listen, it should be hard. I can be nice. Yeah. I think I can't be nice to her. I can be nice. <laughs> All right, you guys, have a wonderful rest of your weekend. We leave it off with Jeff Red. You called. It's the CC Show. I'm Carlotta. See y'all. I'm out. <laughs>